infested Korean mountains with the foe so sly and coy. In a mass attack, their burp guns crack with the purpose to destroy. From the oriental proverb, the Chinese troops all know when the young marine at the chosen scene spoke their words gung-ho. For the term means work together with spirit and with pride as the army and allied nations were fighting by his side. For this Marine Corps band of brothers speak not of retreat as they walk into the jaws of death and carry out the teeth. Back in uh, late May of 1951, 
We've been serving together a little over a month. Never spent the night in the same place twice. We attacked every day. Got counterattacked about every night. And on one rare day, we achieved our objective a little early and we got dug in and we actually had about 30 minutes before dark. And Pat McGann came down to my foxhole. He said, you got a minute? And I said, yeah, I got a minute. And uh, my platoon sergeant handed him a cup of black sea ration coffee and we sat down. I said, what's on your mind, Pat? He said, well, I don't know. He said, I'm kind of tired. But he said, I just want to come down here and tell you something. He said, I think you would help a guy and I sure am proud to be serving with you and be coming. And he said, I want to extend you an invitation. He said, you know, if we live through this, someday I'm going to go back to Atlantic City and I'm going to throw one of the damnedest parties you've ever seen. And I want you to come to my party. And I said, Pat, you got it. And I said, now we got to try to keep alive so we can both be there. Well, here we are. God bless you, Pat. Now, there are other stories in combat. And one of them had to do with about a week of being in the attack continuously and forced marches and just really acute exhaustion. And my deep concern uh, that my troops were just about cross the threshold of being able to continue. And we had about an eight hour climb up a big mountain and we got to the top and we had to fight and we had to fight and hold it after we got up there and we dug in and I was just thinking, you know, that we just can't go any further. And while I'm checking positions for machine guns in my platoon area, I noticed two troops over there were fighting. They were rolling over the dirt. And I run over there and one of the squad leaders and a platoon sergeant had grabbed these two guys and pulled them apart. And I said, what in the hell is going on here? Staff Sergeant Ryan, my platoon sergeant, says, well, Lieutenant, I know you've been worried about the troops. But he said, let me tell you, you don't have to worry about it. These two guys, after all we've been through for the last week, just had a fight about which camp was the toughest, Paris Island or San Diego. <laughs> so I, now that night I kind of caught a couple hours of sleep thinking, well, hell, hell these guys aren't near as tired as I am. <laughs> and then there's the story of the air mattress that I have to share with you. My big advantage will remember this night. We had a couple of good days in the attack. We broke through a key enemy position, and we got them on the run, and we were fighting the 10th North Korean division, and they didn't quit. We had to kill them, and uh, it was a tough time. But in the assault one day, I guess, as, as I did sometimes, I got a little overwrought because they were moving, and we kept chasing them, and uh, late in the afternoon, we pulled up and they had gone down this hill and we had the machine guns up and we were chasing them by fire. I looked at my map and I was about a mile and a half beyond the objective. 
so I took a deep breath, called the company commander, and loud as how we gone a bit too far, and he, he loud as how I was right, and I better get my tail back up to the original objective. But in doing that, we led the enemy to believe we were going to stay out where we were that night. So uh, we pulled back just as the sun was going down, and they thought we were there. So we pulled back to the high ground, dug in, but we also registered artillery and mortar fire out where we had been. Well, about midnight that night, all hell broke loose down where we had been. The enemy thought we were still there, and they shot everything they had on that hill. And then they attacked that hill, and of course we then cut down on it with everything we had. So it was a good night for us, we thought. We were kind of sitting up there at the top of the mountain gloating about what a good day we had had and how we had outsmarted. And that night, we so late getting dug in, we didn't dig a stand-up fighting foxhole as we normally did. We had prone shelters. And I'm afraid that night all of us had a lot of shallow prone shelters. And we had blown up our little air mattresses, known as rubber ladies, <laughs> to, keep us, to keep us off of the cold, hard ground. And finally the enemy figured out what happened. And they got a couple 50 caliber machine guns and started walking them up and down our lines. And then when those 50 caliber machine guns started raking our lines and we were all in those shallow foxholes, as one person, every Marine, B Company pulled the plug on his air mattress <laughs> so he could go down four inches lower. And you heard this tremendous <laughs> And so help me, all I could hear was laughter throughout the country. And another night went by thinking, well, you know, we got to smile every once in a while. And, you know, life goes on when you're in a unit that lives by its wits and its own wisdom and what it carries on its back. Because we didn't have helicopters resupplying us. And we were one company and sometimes only a part of a company and sometimes just a platoon out there with uh, thousands of Chinese and North Koreans around and we depended on our supporting arms. And a safe night was when you had about 200 Marines with you and it didn't make a damn how many Chinese and North Koreans there were, but you knew that the supporting arms from air and artillery and your mortars and so forth, that you could take on anything in the world. Now I was a 23-year-old lieutenant. I had been commissioned a full year when I joined B Company. But I realized that I was seeing a miracle in the experience that I was having with this company of men. The bonding that I felt immediately was indescribable. People were wounded, they moved out, new people came in almost daily, but the pulling together, the believing in each other, it was there. We knew we had never surrendered, we knew that if we were wounded, or even if we were killed in action, we would not be left behind. 
we knew that we were part of a family. And we didn't realize it fully, but we loved each other. And we would die for each other. And several of my troops died, saving my life after a tough, long, day-long battle on Father's Day in June of 1951. And I went through a considerable period of hospitalization and I got hit in the spine with a machine gun round. It was tumbling. Knocked a hole about the size of a baseball on my left side. It stayed in me. And um, about a month or so later, I ended up, after going through period of hospitalization on a ship and then ended up back in Japan. They told me I'd never walk again. That my spinal cord was permanently damaged and that uh, I could quit talking about going back to B Company. And I refused to accept that. And I remembered that in early June, when our company was down to about 65% strength and we were in the attack every day, if all of a sudden another marine miracle happened, we began to get replacements out of hospitals and aid stations. At one time, we had almost two dozen Marines serving with B Company who had gone over the hill from hospitals and medical centers where they were recuperating. When they heard, I heard that we were shorthanded. These were people that had been evacuated and I'll bet you 90 percent of us that were there still had holes on us from wounds that we hadn't reported. So when he told me I'd never walk again and I'd never be a Marine again, I had to be retired as second lieutenant, I just told those doctors they were wrong. And with a lot of help from the good Lord, uh, I made a deal with him. I can share that with you. So I told the good Lord if he had helped me grow back I'd like to spend the rest of my life leading Marines and giving them the kind of leadership that they deserve. Upfront leadership. Because that 18 to 21 year old Marine is the greatest weapon this country ever developed. When he's properly trained and supported and led by the kind of leaders he deserves. And you know, the good Lord heard me, and uh, this is not a religious revival, but uh, I started going back, and uh, I kind of defied uh, all the laws and, and returned to duty, and obviously I finished a, a wonderful career in commanding an awful lot of Marines, which I love to do most. So I just want to tell all of you, and, and most of all my Baker Bandits, this was a remembrance talk, and I've gone past past time for dessert. I hope you forgive me, Pat. But I have to leave you with one thing. Tonight we're all part of a family of Americans. The FBI, the Marine Corps, and you dedicated people that love your country that do things for other people without expecting any reward. And, and that's what this country needs more and more of. I'd like to thank all of you for what you're doing by giving you a very special present tonight. And a present I hope you'll keep to your dying day. And you can't lose it.
because I'm going to give each of you folks here an imaginary candle. And what I want to challenge you to do is to take it. It's a gift from me and the Baker Bandits because that's where it all came from. Now this candle, I want you to wait till you have a private moment and to consider your lighting of that candle and holding it over your head to represent your own personal commitment to the pursuit of unselfish leadership, pursuit of excellence, and helping the people above you, with you, and below you, and your family, your church, your community. Let that candle shine brightly so that the people that you associate with that know you will be better because of your presence. That's what serving as a Marine is all about. That's what being a good American is all about. And that's what making this country a better place is all about. We've got a lot of problems in this wonderful country. But what we need right now there's a lot more candles out there. So as I leave you here tonight, I ask you to take my gift, light it, and hold it high. And as a personal favor of me, when we cross paths in the future, whether it's next week, next month, next year, and we greet each other and exchange salutes, I'd like to have you tell me, General Charlie, my candle is still there. God bless you. The road is long and freezing in this cold and frosty scene. The Korean War at the reservoir for this weary, tired marine As his frozen feet would shuffle And those purple toes were tapped The naked face and burning skin Was wrinkled, cracked and chapped The stiffness of his mustache His painful face would show As the nasal drip had made a grip From the chilling winds and snow in the fear it could get colder when the sun would choose to rest he clenched his arms together in the attempt to warm his chest the stinging cold of numbness as freezing sweat would rub when changed to ice within his boots and on his hands beneath his glove cloud of warmness from his puff of body breath helped to give resistance of freezing half to death the tremor of the snow and frost a chilling winter scene fell upon his cover of his helmet brown and green 
Conditions that turn to frostbite, a plague to soon unfold, as the blizzard snow and the enemy foe had fortified their hold. A typhoon of freezing fury, of snow upon his back, as the lack of allowance was throwing off balance of aggression and blizzard attack. Korean mountains with the foe so sly and coy in a mass attack their burp guns crack with the purpose to destroy from the oriental proverb the Chinese troops all know when the young marine at the chosen scene spoke their words gung-ho for the term means work together with spirit and with pride as the army and allied nations were fighting by his side. For this Marine Corps band of brothers speak not of retreat as they walk into the jaws of death and carry out the teeth. young marine on the chosen scene spoke the words gung-ho for this marine corps band of brothers speak not of retreat as they walk into the jaws of death and carry out the teeth 